Welcome back, everybody, to episode 33 of Six String QB. Ben and Mark here once again. Damn straight. I'm so excited to be back. You know, the sky is always bluer when we are talking on this podcast. There you go. Another motivational quote from Mark. There this you one go. wasn't a ripoff of, wasn't a fusion of two analogies that don't work together. So that's progress. Yeah. I almost, I almost said the sky is almost greener, but that's the grass is greener. So I could have done that. You know what? Quote it. The, the sky is always greener when we are recording. Yeah. I mean, if the sky was green, that'd be sick. You know, like when you get a red sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be like uh, when they had the forest fires, when they, it, it actually kind of looked cool besides like all the, the tragedy. You know, when you look in the sky. Like, oh, it's, it's oh, yeah, other cool than sky. all the terrible things about <laughs> the forest fire. <laughs> yeah. Besides the fact that it's a forest fire. It's a pretty cool sight. But we're not geologists or weathermen we are football analysts anal we are it's there you go there you go and for today's podcast mark for today's football yes. we have another awesome interview we have scott simonson former nfl tedx coming on such had, an awesome guy yeah he was a great guy <laughs> um he had some awesome stories for us you guys are gonna love hearing them and mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a second mark but first i've been told that you were going to quiz me once again yes okay these are some pretty good ones. Felt okay. long and hard about them. Okay. When was the maiden voyage of the Titanic? I'll give you a hint. It's in the 1900s. I, I knew that. <laughs> it was, I'll, give you like, I'll give you like a five-year gap. It was either just before World War I or World War II, I believe. I think it was just before World War I. So I'm going to go like 1908. was in. No, well, depression. I gave you a five-year gap, and you got within four. It was Let's 1912. Go. Thank you. I knew it. I knew okay. it was right before one of the wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the next one, I got you real quick. What is measured in fathoms? Do you know this? Yes, I remember actually learning this in. in uh, I can't tell you what class because I'll probably give it away. Will it? <laughs> physical and earth sciences. <laughs> I, it's I didn't on know the fathoms were used to measure anything. I like I can't even fathom. Like that's how that's the yeah. only usage of fathom I know. Uh, let's go on the earth. A fathom mm-hmm. of uh, oil. Oh, you're close. It is a liquid, but it's the depth of water. Okay. Interesting. So, Wait. So how how would you use it in a sentence? There's the water is eight fathoms deep. Okay. No. Really? I don't know. How I don't do know. You You're fathom- the one who's supposed to know this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fa- how to use fathoms in a sentence. Okay. That's the wrong um, way to Google that. That's the, nope, nope. They said he could not fathom the depth of the ocean. Is that right? No, I feel this is like... No, that's the other use of fathom. Yeah. The definition of a fathom is six-foot length used to... De- to measure water depth. So an oh, example of a fathom is a, is a cable with markings. Tall? And yeah, an example of a fathom is a cable with markings every six feet, which is used to find out the depth of an ocean. Oh, the fathom originated as the distance from the middle fingertip of one hand to the middle fingertip of the other hand of a large man holding his arms fully extended. That's not six feet. What? I'm I'm on I'm on um sentence hey, your dictionary. How does that even work? Yeah, <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Do it, do it. Hold your arm, like, 
Like this? <laughs> like you hold them together? Like I, I like because yeah, it's the distance from one fingertip to the other. So like 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 that. The middle fingertips. Oh, middle like, fingertips. Do you hold them together or are they shoulder width apart? This is very unclear. <laughs> That's six feet according to okay. It's a unit of length equal to okay. No, no, no. Here's on Merriam Webster. A unit of length equal to six feet, one point three meters. Use use especially for measuring the depth of water. Sometimes use in, in the singular when qualified by a number. So it's five fathom deep. That's the actual sentence. So that water is five fathom deep. Okay. So instead of saying that's that the water is thirty feet deep, it's five fathom deep. I gotta learn more about the. The origin of this thing though the dudes holding out their arms that's, that's interesting <laughs> i like it though there you go you were today we learned about the word wait, no, fathom. okay wait i want one and one mark i'm gonna need a third question it's hybrid okay okay i got you i got you okay um i asked i asked you like all the good ones before okay what is the main theme of the macy macy's thanksgiving day parade the theme like the the main like what is like no, no like the main float like the main oh. float that's like always there. Is it? Isn't it Santa? No, that's a good guess. I'll give you another one. It's like Charlie Brown. N- no, okay. That- it's it's <laughs> the thing that's all that's perched on top of the Macy's like store. Like when you when they're coming down, like they get the f- nice camera. I don't really watch it. it to be honest. It's a goose. It's a, it's it's a mother goose. goose. It's a mother goose. I think my guesses were better than that. Uh, sure fine we'll give you we'll give you one more that i definitely did not ask you before we start recording but who is adolf hitler's favorite composer <laughs> i'll stick with the same answer i gave before no, yeah, Mozart. Don't i don't know the answer i forgot i, 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 I haven't even heard of the dude it's richard wagner yeah okay uh, yeah, this is, so Mark and I were saying this before. Who asked Hitler his favorite musician or his favorite composer? Like, who who asked him this? It's like, hey, you know, I'm I'm really, really into the you know Richard Wagner. Maybe he's like sitting there. Never mind, I can't see that while recording. <laughs> yeah, like just, maybe he's in between killing in all his political yeah. opponents, he listens to some Richard Wagner. Maybe it's like, it was like on the radio and like it was like. You know the Nazi theme song, some pro-Nazi propaganda, Richard oh, Wagner, and then pro-Nazi. Like you know, it's kind of like maybe that was like his Spotify playlist. Like you know, had had a little uh, had a little Nazi Germany propaganda, and then like Richard Wagner, and then yep. like, or maybe like you know, he's in his office and he's jamming out to some Richard Wagner, and then like someone comes in and he like, and he changes it to, I can't reenact any, I don't know any Nazi Germany songs. But the thing is, like, I don't think Hitler would be embarrassed by anything he was playing because if he was, he would have just killed the guy who he was yeah. supposed to be embarrassed to. Yeah, you're right. So he probably left it on and then pulled out his gun and shot him. Yeah. And was like, you know oh, too much. Better. Yep, you know too much. Maybe it was like a rumor. There were a lot of rumors. I think there were rumors about Hitler only having one testicle. Wow. I, I still can't get over that Hitler was like like a really good artist. Like, I can't Didn't believe he fail out of art school. No, he, he's he's like a really good artist. Like, have you ever seen his art? Like, his art stuff is like nice. He failed the entrance exam of the Academy of Fine Arts Vienna. He was a terrible artist. No, look at his picture though. Like, if you type in Hitler art, like, look at his art. 
failed the entrance exam. <laughs> yeah, because they said that he has his art had no artistic value. Like this is one of his art sculptures. I mean, like yeah, they, they, they look pretty good. I also, like that's, uh, we also don't know they were they were genuinely his. This is a guy who had all the power in the world. If he wanted to buy art and pretend it was his, he could have done that. Or he could have held somebody at gunpoint and said, "Make this." Yeah. <laughs> Make this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really going to trust him on his, you know, his credibility of these things. I'm going to say, Adolf, you really know how to work a work a paintbrush, a, a, work a paintbrush, and okay. a little stencil action. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, yeah, he's a good guy to give the benefit of the doubt to. <laughs> Maybe, but that's all the Germany talk we have today. <laughs> On to the real stuff, Mark. We're yes. going to hit you guys with the awesome Scott Simonson interview. Ready? Go. All right. We're here with Scott Simonson, former Giants, Panthers, and Raiders tight end. Thank you for joining us, Scott. How are you doing today? Good, good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, you know, you letting me get on here. Absolutely. Yeah, so Scott, let's start off with a, an easy question. So you're a Jersey guy. We're both yeah. Jersey guys. Yeah. Does Central Jersey exist? Oh, oh Central Jersey? Um... Well, first off, before where what part of New Jersey are you from? Central Jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I would say that too. I'm from Central Jersey, so I, I believe it does exist. I think it depends okay. on like where you're, you know, where you grow up as far as what you give credit to or not. So, yeah, I have a friend that's from North Jersey, and every single time we have an argument about does Central Jersey exist, and I'm like, yeah. just, just shut up, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I believe in it. Uh, but okay, follow up question: Pork roll or Taylor ham? Uh, pork roll, yeah, I call it pork roll. But when I was, I remember when I was playing with the Giants, I was living up in um, Clifton, and like the bagel place that I went to, like they had it listed as, as Taylor Ham, like on the menu and stuff, uh, like in the store and all that. So that was like I've been in Taylor Ham territory, but I grew up with pork roll. That's right. It is forever pork roll. It's yeah. <laughs> call it Taylor Ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. Now we're going to football. So, Scott, you, you went to college at Assumption University, and that's obviously a D2 school. So yeah. what's the difference between going from D2 to the NFL? Um, I mean, it was a pretty, pretty, you know, big difference at first. I know, um, you know, first getting there, obviously, I'm sure it's an adjustment for everyone. But, you know, I was used to being one of the bigger guys, even at, at tight end. As far as playing an assumption, I would be like, you know, I pretty much always was was bigger than the guy I was going against for the for the most part. Um, so that was like a big adjustment where now, you know, now, now I'm going against guys that are as big, if not bigger than me. And they're also like more athletic than me. So it was a, it was a pretty big jump as far as the uh, like speed and everything like that. But I mean, um, I mean, it was like this. It was like a similar similar thing from going to high school to Assumption. I played like one year of high school and then going to Assumption. It's just, you know, you you just learn to adjust and then you get used to it eventually. Um, and then, like I said, when when the ball snapped or when they're, you know, playing, whether it's a practice or stuff, you kind of that all kind of goes out the window. And you're just you have enough to focus on, like with yourself, like as far as remembering the play stuff like that. You know, you're not trying to mess up and uh, you know make any wrong impressions. So. But it was it was a pretty big adjustment. Was there a guy when you got to the NFL you were like, "Holy shit, this isn't D two anymore." Yeah, so so when I came out with with um, I was like signed undrafted to the Raiders, obviously. So when I came in, that was twenty fourteen. So that was when they took like Khalil Mack, um, and even he, you know, Buffalo, he wasn't like this big big uh, 
as far as a big school guy. But he was like going against him, especially because he was playing the end and I was tight end. So we had to go against each other in like rookie minicamp and stuff right off the bat. And then throughout the year, um, me being on like practice squad up until I got called up, uh, like I would go against him in practice. So that that was like, the, you know, the ultimate test right off the bat. So that was like at the same time, that was like, holy crap, especially, you know, seeing him like learning how good he was going to be. You kind of like you saw that throughout the year. So. I would say him, uh, and then, you know, there was uh, my first game. I think I played one against like Mario Williams, if you remember him from Buffalo. And he was like, he looked like a, like a Madden created player, like in front of me. Like that was the first time I was like going down. I was like, go oh, holy shit! I was like, this dude, you know, because he had he had the red contacts in too. So it was like oh, it was like the whole thing package put together. And he was a gigantic human. But then um, he was like real cool. He like made a joke during the play. So it's funny, but yeah, some of these guys are, you know, pretty, uh, pretty athletic freaks. It's crazy. I yeah. mean, you said you went to uh, the obviously you went to the Oakland Raiders. Did you have a choice uh, after coming um, out of the draft? Yeah. So it was with I, I had a choice between them and the uh, Chargers, but you know, being I was such um, like a small school guy, and you know, the, the opportunity was so slim. I was kind of the Raiders were the first to call, and so I was kind of just like jumping at the chance to. to you know, go anywhere, especially because, um, you know, you could, if you took too long, especially like a guy in my position, they would just, you know, they have a, they have a, the next guy they're calling. So, but yeah, I did have the chargers and then, then, then that was the only other um, choice I had as far as when I made the decision. That's cool. Yeah. Um, So Scott, uh, once you got into the league, you went over to the Panthers, you were on the 2015 Panthers team that went 15 and one. And as a Panthers fan, like, that team was awesome. It looked like you guys were having as much fun as any team I've ever seen. It was, was it like that every day in practice? Uh, do you have any great stories from that team? Yeah. So yeah, that was um, obviously yeah, the, my time at the Panthers was, was amazing. That was an awesome team, awesome city, awesome. Just, you know, coach Rivera and everyone. And then it was crazy going from, um, you know, the Raiders to then to that, to that year. My first year there was the year that they went to the Super Bowl, obviously all the way. So just kind of seeing the, the um, you know, meeting Cam as a person and, and getting to know him uh, was pretty funny every day. Like he's, you know, a very, very good guy, but, but very entertaining character. I remember, you know, learning from or being in the same room as Greg Olson um, and even Ed Dixon, but with Greg Olson, he was from New Jersey and stuff. You know, you knew about him. He was a legend in New Jersey and he was already, you know, a, one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, so to experience, you know, him and learn from him, that was quite an opportunity, but I don't know, there was, there was some, some good stories as far as just, you know, just winning. We just, they just kept winning. And then like the city, like Charlotte, I don't know if you've ever been, it's like a smaller city, but it was almost like, as we kept winning and it was such a great thing to happen for the city. Um, and one night it was just like a party, like constantly, like you'd go, you know, out after practice or something, you go to dinner or something, just the whole city, the whole vibe was uplifted and stuff like that so that that year was uh you know really great to just experience that and that being only my second year in the nfl it was kind of like well i got i got uh you know an opportunity to do something that some guys never get to do in their career as far as go you know to a super bowl and experience that and, and playing one but yeah i just think just you know seeing all those leaders especially guys like luke keekley Thomas Davis, like they just had, it was just crazy how in one year they just had so many guys that were just, they, they were studs, you know, in past years, but at that's all at the same time, they just like had their best 
you know, career years ever. So getting to experience that was like, it was almost like a, you know, video game or movie type thing where I'm just like, holy shit, I'm like looking around, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, you know, taking trying to take advantage of my opportunities. And I was, you know, getting a little um, playing time throughout the year, especially on special teams and stuff like that. So it was just really cool that all that was coming together um, at once. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so I can say as a fan of the team, heading to the Super Bowl, you know, after the massive NFC Championship game where you guys yeah. blew out the Cardinals, I fully expected the Panthers to win that game. Was it yeah. was it like that as a player? Like, did you have the same feelings? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, def- you're definitely not alone. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it was 100% like that as a player. And I think even from the team standpoint, which is a good thing because that's obviously what you want going in and, and, and you're, you know, one of two teams left. So obviously you have that mentality, but I think, like you said, because we like just steamrolled through the through the playoffs. You know, we were blowing teams out by like double digits, the Seahawks, Cardinals, like both in a row. Um, so, yeah, I think that was just a big, uh, you know, then you go into the game and we, we I think we were just so used to going up early or just, you know, having big plays early. Um, and when that wasn't happening and then it was kind of a tight game, just defensive game. It was like that was the first time that year you know, we had kind of been in that position. Um, and, you know, it's just about adjusting or, you know, who can maintain the momentum and stuff. So it was kind of a big shock, obviously. Like like you said, I think, you know, nobody was expecting that. Even in halftime, you know, we, we thought we were going to create some magic and stuff like that. Um, and it, it was, you know, close to close at points, but it definitely wasn't, um, you know, what, what the team thought it was going to be. But yeah, definitely stung. You know that I know it stung to, to watch it, especially because they, uh, you know, that was their second su- uh, Super Bowl appearance, obviously, but they never won one. And they, you know, they were people were. I'm sure everyone was a lot more confident that year than than when they went back in um, what was it like 2001? I think right. Yeah, I think 03? Oh, three. Oh, three, oh, three. I'm sorry. It was yeah. when they yeah, they played the Patriots. It was Brady's. Yep. First. Yeah. He was on the last second field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, yes, I'm sure um, it was definitely like a bit big sting as far as, you know, the way it went down and stuff and, and just how it happened. But you, you look back and it's funny because you think like that was Peyton Manning's last game too. So it's like, you know, he can't, I feel like they weren't going to let, uh, or he couldn't go out like that on his uh, on his career. He, he had to, you know, sneak another, sneak another one in there. Exactly. Ben, do you have any more questions about your... Uh... Your Super Bowl team? Uh, I mean, yeah, I could I could ask you all day. <laughs> but I'll just, so you you mentioned how great of a guy Cam is, right? Meeting him, yeah. I feel like the media just makes him into this villain for absolutely no reason. And every single teammate you hear talk about him says he's a great guy. Like, would you would you agree yeah. with that? Oh well, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's just cause he he um and he was always like this, even from the first time I met him. You know, in twenty fifteen, he. He had like a nickname for me. He called me Lurch, like Lurch or Lick of Low Lurch, <laughs> Lick of Low Lurch. He just had a nickname, but that was that was just his style. He was just a one of a kind personality, but he was like a good dude. Like he, you know, always got, you know, we he always got the whole team Christmas presents. I remember he would just get like like Uggs. We had these like Ugg uh, these Ugg flip flops when he was because he was sponsored by Uggs. So he would always get like cool ass or like you know creative creative gifts. Um, and he was just always making everyone laugh, but like you said, he does get a bad rep in the media, I think because of that, because he's kind of so, 
you know, he's not afraid to, to be a little outspoken or, you know, the way he, the way that he's style and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, I feel like people just use that as, as ammo to hate on the guy, but I definitely don't think he deserves it. Cause like you said, all the, all, you know, teammates that he's had, had, have, have had nothing but good things to say. And on top of that, you know, I've seen him do pretty amazing things, um, especially in Charlotte, as far as in the, in the charity community, as far as like giving, I think every Thanksgiving um, he would, you know, give meals to like fat, like hundreds or like thousands of, of, of families. Like he'd have a big cookout and stuff like that. Uh, he would do things for Christmas, um, just everything. And I, you know, he still does, does those things. I'm sure you see, he does those camps and stuff like that. So, you know, he's all, he's doing um, more as far as outside of football, you know, than, than even some of these other quarterbacks are, I mean, you know, a lot of guys use their platform for good, but I, I, I don't see why, uh, you know, he gets the kind of the, the, uh, hate he does not hate but just you know the negative press that he does when um you know he's doing the same things every everybody else is okay and i mean you said that you were in that same room with greg olson and ed dixon like were yeah. you intimidated by that room were you were you jealous oh, yeah I, I mean you would think you would think i was or it would be especially you know i'm a, I'm a young guy coming in um and especially our coach pete um hayner you know, he was like an old school, old school type of coach. Good, great, great coach. One, you know, one of the best coaches I've ever had. It would turn out to be, but he liked Coach Vernon Davis. So it was like a tough um, room. And at the same time, I think that helped me um, just kind of learn even more about the game and the tight end position. Um, and then, and then, you know, with Greg and Ed, that 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 they both had successful, you know, years when they got opportunities and. Um, but they were just, but they were just, you know, mad cool. Like they were just like, you guys are like, shoot the shit that we'd always have stories to tell. You know, they would always, they kind of liked that. I was like younger and kind of like going at, you know, if I could, I, I could, they were both married with kids and stuff. So, you know, it was kind of like two different worlds, but you know, it was, but um, they, they were just, you know, real cool. And they, they, they just were not, they, you know, they welcomed you with like open arms. So it definitely wasn't intimidating. Well, that's awesome then. Yeah. Because I feel like I definitely would be intimidated. Like you're looking at Greg Olson there. Like you said, Oh, yeah. No, I was. <laughs> I, I was. But then, yeah, once you get to know the dude, you're like, wow, this dude, like he was a typical like Jersey guy. Like, you know, like just mm -hmm. cool to talk to. Like, you know, always, always, you know, down for a funny story. Always had a funny story to tell, um, you know, and then just, he just, yeah, he was just a real good guy all around. And then to see him on the field and how, Good of a competitor he was and he he was like he was to this day he's probably one of the most competitive teammates i've ever played with like as far as get you know getting trash talk or getting you know in in the, in the zone game time like he wasn't if he didn't back down from, from from anyone and if he was getting on your ass he would let you he you know he'd let guys know and it was funny to watch because he was he was you know doing that and, and it was just um you know, funny to see from, from a dude that, you know, off the field, you know, as, as such a different guy to see him kind of transform, you know, Lee, Luke Keekley he was another dude like that. So from that team, just a dude who just, you know, night and day flipped the switch. So um, I guess I kind of tried to learn that from them too, as far as, you know, just going all out on out there on the field, you know, whenever you get an opportunity to just, uh, you know, just try to can't be scared in the NFL. That's the one thing you can't be like scared to if you're like nervous or hesitant, those, you know, and, and when you do get your time, you know, that's kind of the, uh, a lot of guys, like if you do hesitate, they, they kind of, that's 
where things start to go wrong. So you just got to play full speed, but it helps to know what you're doing because then that lets you play full speed even, you know, even more. You're not running around like a like an asshole out there. <laughs> now, are you still close to anybody on that team? Um, yeah, there was a couple of dudes um, that were, you know, my age that we kind of came in together. Um, I know like Demir, uh, Demir Bird, he's up, at, he's up in Carolina. He's another Jersey guy. Um, but yeah, there's a good amount you can kind of keep tabs on. And, you know, it's easy now nowadays with social media and everything like that to kind of, you know, be involved or kind of keep up with, with dudes or always kind of reach out to every now and then. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. One last Panthers question, then we'll, then we'll leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. But, no, good girl. So you, you were on the Panthers offense, right? Which means every day in practice you have to go against Luke Keekley. What's it like when he just calls out every single one of your plays? Is that, is that terrifying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he would, yeah, especially and it was even more so with like training camp and stuff, because you know, he had been going against um, you know, you go against, you know, every you everyone, you know, knows their own team, so to say. But uh during training camp, just seeing how good he was and, and he could just, you know, get to places before you'd even know. I mean, he would do this crazy like shit that hasn't happened to me since that. Like I remember there was this one time of practice I was like doing a, co- a combination block and it was a double team and I had to like come off and he was coming over so I had to go pretty quickly because he started flowing over the top real quick and so I'm coming off and I'm going to hit I'm going to engage with him and the, the run was kind of coming off you know my ass and somehow he like went to go like I, I was expecting you know like a collision like an engagement so you know you're kind of stiffening him he like went to go do that but then he like grabbed my jersey, almost like a like a, mar- a bull matador, whatever the, whatever those guys are called. Like, he grabbed my jersey, so like as I'm going to like you know, like my forces going forward, grab my jersey, and kind of use my momentum and just kind of flicked me like and at the same time like you know flicked me underneath him and then went and made the play. I mean it was in practice and whatnot, but I was just like damn, like I mean you know every now usually in football it's you know sometimes you you. It's like Marshawn Lynch said, sometimes you get, you know, you get yours and then sometimes you get got, but um, you just got to like get yours more than you get got. And, you know, you would do that. But there were some of those guys like, 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 like a Luke Keekley where it was just like, you couldn't figure him out. You're like, you might get him one time. And then it's just, you know, you think like, oh, I got, I got this guy figured out. And then it's like, now nah, they, they, you know, pull something else out of their bag of tricks. And then you're like, wow, that, that's why, you know, that's why he's as good as he is great that's so cool yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah you, you definitely and it's weird because it's the same thing like um like khalil mack um when you go you know going against him all the time as a rookie and then we ended up playing them my one year with the uh or the, the one of the years i was with the giants and um uh, you know he was so was so good and he probably got my ass like many other times in that game but i had like kind of like a, a not a crack block, but I was motioning down as a toss outside and I got his ass good. Like I'd been studying film and I saw he always does this, like that same jump back thing that like Luke Keekley, this is probably how it comes full circle and like teaches you like that same jump back thing. You know, he was another guy that was good enough to do it. And so I just completely, totally guessed. I was like, he's got to be doing it on this play where I'm motioning down. I see him like look over like he always does. And then he goes to, to do it. So I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'm going to where I think he's going to be. Like, I'm going to where he's going to be when he like, tries to do that, like, you know, backup jump. 
And I somehow got it right. And that's exactly what he did. And I, I caught him real clean. And I, I, I ended up pancaking him and like put him to the ground. I think it was, uh, I got like, whatever. I got a shout out from the ball, Brian Baldinger the next day, because it was like, you know, me, I'm my dumb ass. And I'm like <laughs> the defensive player of the year. So, so uh, that was a pretty good one, but yeah, it's, it's just funny. Like, you know, it's the same, like sometimes, you know, these guys are, they get their, you know, people more than, than 99% of the time, but there's, you know, that 1% of the time where you might, you might, uh, the little guy might <laughs> get a little bit of shine. So that's something I'll, uh, you know, hold on to. That's crazy. I love that. Yeah. So, um, now we're finally drifting away from the pandy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so obviously you didn't play last season. So yeah. are you still keeping in shape? Are you still trying to make an NFL comeback? Yeah. So I mean, I'm still in, I'm in shape, you know, I've been, been training and whatnot. Um, it's nice. I got, I got the, uh, I ended up putting the uh, gym together in my basement. So, uh, especially during COVID when, when the first gym stopped, but yeah, it was just, it's one of those things where it's just the timing of everything. I mean, I know um, my contract was up with the giants and so I was heading into free agency, but then because the previous year with the giants, even though I came back, I ended up, I got a high ankle sprain. So I missed some games. So of course, like, you know, in the NFL and then, you know, they, when you want to get injured, they want it, they get, they want to do you a whole medical check, especially when you're going to a new team. So, you know, we were going into free agency and I, I'm not like this top um, priority guy. So once the lockdown stopped, I mean, uh, you know, shut down the facilities and stuff and they weren't bringing guys in, especially for medical uh, visits or workouts. So that kind of all got jammed up. And then this year with all the protocols and not being on team, but it's, but you know, I'm still waiting, ready to go and, you know, ready to, ready to get after it. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, if it, if I'll see how this year goes, but if not, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. I took being a D2 guy coming from nowhere to getting six years under my belt and stuff like that. And so, um, and but I still have good experience and, and I'm ready to go and, and all that. But, you know, we'll see. Either way, I'm fine. I just feel bad, you know, for the guys that were in like my position coming out with, you know, this year or the past year with all the lack of opportunities or bowl games and stuff like that. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure it was different for you guys, especially not, uh, you know, being being like able to be in the stands this year. I know a couple of guys I talked to said that was like rear that that was like a little weird thing to get used to because you build off that like the stands or the crowd noise like i used to get all jacked up in that so i can imagine like it when there's no one in there it's basically just like a practice guys i'm saying like a scrimmage mm-hmm. i was gonna say i didn't know this. you know this i i found out that do you know in the in the games um well they add the crowd noise on tv but in usually in the stadiums they, they play like music every now and then but it was mostly silent for the most part yeah. Oh yeah, I, th- I was with you. I thought they uh, played it at the yeah. stadium too. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, one of my bu- buddies, I think it was Demir, actually was telling me um, that no, they didn't do that. It's just it's like a normal practice, which is like sometimes they'll play music, other times like not. So you you know you could hear you'd hear like coaches yelling or stuff on the sidelines even more as far over whistles and stuff like that. Although some some um, teams ended up bringing people in, but I'm sure it wasn't the same. Yeah, that still has to be weird, like just being like basically dead quiet. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially <laughs> you would think, yeah, you like you use that. That was especially that was the biggest thing for me going from 
assumption like I, I would play in front of like two it was a d2 school so it was like soccer stands on like one sideline so it was like but when it was filled up on like a night game there might be like two or three thousand people so then going in like these full stadiums and like full of crowds and shit and it was so that took a little getting used to because it would uh like some things would screw you up that you you would be used to if you went to a big school like when when um i didn't realize this but some team like some teams you play like red or like dark colored teams if you're in their stadium it's like harder almost to see a ball because the backdrop is like if you think about like you're down in the field so the backdrop's like a crowd like a crowd but it's just like kind of a sea of color so it's like something so like sometimes like that would like screw you up as far as the ball the ball blending in or uh same thing with like lights the stadium lights like those things are bright as hell <laughs> i've never really felt like that and, uh i had to catch my bad. I'm just like reminiscing all, all in all the uh, the stories. No, it's great. No, you're killing it. I love it. <laughs> but uh, it was that was one of I think it was in the one of the preseasons. But I got a um, it was with the Giants. I got it like a, a punt after a safety. I was on the kick return. It was and so I got a punt after a safety, and I'd like never fielded pumps punts like in my in my you know I'm a tight end, so I wouldn't. I, I would feel kickoff sometimes for that situation, but like a punt is like different. So he, they did this punt and they punted like real high and short, I think purposely because, you know, if I dropped it or some shit, that would be a fumble technically. Or, or if I didn't even, if I didn't like, um, you know, even catch it, I think they counted as like a kickoff so that they can recover it. But I remember if they got punted and it went in the lights, it was a night game. And I was like, holy fuck, like, oh, I'm dropping this shit. <laughs> I'm like looking up, <laughs> trying, 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 to, trying to get it, but. Luckily, uh, so and it was like the thing was like moving. It was like it was like go, going all crazy, like coming down. But um, yeah, luckily I I didn't drop it, so so I got I, I got uh I saved I saved myself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but, yeah. So speaking of crazy stories you had in the NFL, we had another former NFL player on the podcast, and he told us about one of his crazy concussion protocol stories. Uh, you had a concussion with your time during your time with the Giants, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that was um, – yeah, why Why was that the question? Or were you, did you oh, – Well, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> did you have any – like, he had a crazy experience where the doctor jammed two fingers down his throat trying to fix his concussion. Did you have Did you have anything crazy like that? <laughs> no, so my, my, so my concussion with the Giants, it was weird. It was, like, in practice – and I had only had – my other concussion story is actually pretty funny, so I'll tell you that after this. But I had only had one other concussion um, in, my, in my career. It was my rookie year with the Raiders. But so the Giants one was – it was weird because it was like – it was – I didn't even hit, hit a guy. It was like with just helmets on. It was a practice. You know, we had no pads. It was late in the season. But it was from a dude's, like, elbow. I think it was his elbow, like, kind of like his form, but it was a, a, a D lineman, so he was a big guy. But it was – I was running, I was like motioning and going out to like run a flat and I turned my head, I think just because I wasn't expecting it is why I got the concussion, but I had my head turned and he was kind of outside, like coming in rushing. So he went to go like swim, like swim me as I was turning my head. And I guess like my, the side of my helmet, even though I had a helmet, I like hit his arm and I like, it was weird. I just like slumped out. And I remember coming to it. I'm like, felt like, like kind of like already hitting the ground and it was like real dizzy and foggy. It was almost like I was like in a, uh, like a dream or something, or when you just kind of, when you get up too fast, it was like that, but just a constant feeling. So I was like, yeah, something's not right. And I like try to run around a little more anyway. So I ended up having a concussion, but my other one, and that was a normal concussion. I was, you know, back to, I was out of the protocol and whatever the regular time period was, but my other one was my rookie year. 
with the Raiders. If you guys want to like look it up after this, you can because it, it's funny. <laughs> um, so it was a rookie preseason, um, and I was my first catch ever in the NFL. I ran like a seam route. I, I caught the ball, and it was like a, a kind of a close game. It was pretty late. It was in the fourth quarter. I remember Matt McGloin was was the quarterback. It was in the yeah, 2014, and so I caught the ball on the seam route, and I'm like, we're, we're, we're going in. I'm like, I'm close. I'm like close to getting in here. I was caught it on like this 10-yard line. So I catch it, and I'm going. And a little, well, let me back up a little. So but when I came out on the play, when I released, I remember the linebacker was a zone coverage. So I got around him, but we kind of like hand fought. And somehow or another, he like hit his hand on my helmet. And my, my it unbuckled the one chin strap on the one side. So my, my buckle came undone. So, but whatever that happens, you know, that's happened, that's happened my whole career. So, you know, you just go and keep going. So I'm running, I catch the ball and I go and I look and I see the goal lines right there. I'm like, Oh, fuck. I'm like, yo, I'm about to get a touchdown. My first ever like catch in, in, in the preseason. So I'm like, and, and it was like, I'm like, yo, the crowd's like yelling because it's like kind of an exciting game. So I'm like, all right, I see a dude coming. I see one dude coming. I'm like, I'm just going to try to lower my shoulder and get in there. And the way I got hit somehow, a dude was behind me, hit me. Like, as I'm like going, I'm on the three yard line and kind of like propelled me. And this other dude that I saw coming, but like the one hit kind of screwed me up, like knocked my bounce, just like spears the side of my face. And, and my helmet comes flying off. I like do like a 360. I I ate it. I ate. I if you you'll see the video. I absolutely eat it. Like I, I but I do a 360. But I lost consciousness for a split second. Like I remember catching the ball and being like, "Oh shit! All right, this is gonna be a hard hit." And then I kind of just remember coming to like in the end zone with my helmet off, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like I like the crowds. Like like I'm looking at the crowd and I'm like, "Whoa, what the hell?" Like so, and um, whatever. One of my teammates came up to me and, and grabbed my helmet, but. So what happened was I got like speared. My helmet flies off. I dropped the ball. The ball comes flying out. I do like a, a helicopter somehow land on my feet and I like fall and like stumble in the end zone. Like I look like a boxer who got knocked down. And I'm like, still, if you look at the replay, I'm like kind of like, like looking for a ball. Cause I, in, in my head, I still think I have the ball. I'm like, what the, I'm like trying to like secure it. And, um, so long story, and then I got, you know, they stopped it. Long story short, they ended up, they screwed me. The refs, the refs absolutely screwed me. <laughs> they get, I guess the rules were supposed to be, it was on like ESPN the next day because they were saying how they screwed the call up. And it, this was when 2014 was when like the, the you know, concussion stuff really started getting serious. So, so yeah, so basically what they, they credited it as a, a, a catch and then a fumble. Even though the rules stay, once my once my helmet comes off, the the play is supposed to be dead. It doesn't matter what happened there; yeah. it's supposed to be dead right there. So that not only did they then then on top of that, they didn't throw any flags. There was no flag on the play, nothing for helmet to helmet, like defenseless receiver. Even though I got crushed, and um, so yeah, so they basically screwed me and gave, ruled it like a catch fumble, and <laughs> the other team got it. I think we ended up winning the game. I went back in the locker room and got like. Um, went through the protocol and whatnot but um and then I was kind of back in you know I, I got back whatever in, in practice at the protocol because that because at the same time I was like a rookie trying to make the team I'm like fuck I'm like you know I can't I can't uh, I can't let it let it end on that um but yeah that that one was funny that one that that hit I mean I get absolutely crushed it's on like 
it's on like a, with some like hard hits, hard hits thing. <laughs> but you see, I'm like, I just, yeah. uh, I just yeah, watched I, it. Yeah, I was, I was able to find the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you saw right. I got like, a, I get absolutely, <laughs> I can absolutely smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you do really like kind of look it, for though. the ball there at the end. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I do. So the funny thing is, I, I think, like, looking back, I think that kind of almost, I mean, even though I fumbled and whatever, you know, they, in, in the film, they were like, oh, you can't fumble. Yeah, I mean, I, but I was just a rookie. So they were just, you know, were coaching me up. But I think that ultimately gave me, like, some, some like, toughness points with the with the front office. Chair because, you know, they were saying that they're like, yeah, they're like, you ate, you ate that, though. Like, you were, you, you know, really did. Was, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So I think it showed it was a good thing because it showed uh, you know my toughness and that, and that you know I wasn't uh, I wasn't afraid to uh, you know go in there. But I think I did. I, it kind of messed up my jaw a little for a little. It was I had a pretty pretty sore jaw. But that was uh, yeah, that was the first concussion. Luckily, I had my girlfriend then. She was my you know my my wife. She was there to take care of me and stuff. And they were like telling her they were like you know make sure you can't you know don't look at his phone and stuff. They were like scared. They were like. Um, not scaring her, but they were just like, you know, watch him when he's sleeping tonight because they let her stay in the hotel with me because I had a concussion. Usually, you know, you weren't allowed to stay in the hotels with with um, family because it was a preseason and, you know, the rookies are in their own hotel. But, yeah, so they kind of pretty, pretty funny story as far yeah. as just eating. Yeah, absolutely. You're just getting smoked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the video still, and like they show you on the sideline, you're just like, you're just absolutely so normal. You're just drinking water. Yeah, and I'm just like sh- shaking it <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> I know because I'm like at the same time, I'm like, I got the adrenaline going too, so I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's was going on. <laughs> I was just, I, you know, I would, I, I, I was thinking I was fine, but I definitely, you know, wasn't. Once they like took me back, I, you know, had to. I was really having like trouble trying to remember. I think I, I ended up remembering everything, but it, it is kind of weird, like normal things and like ask like what month what month is it you you actually gotta like think about it You're like, oh hold on hold on you know i remember <laughs> my birthday was april i know i did that you know i remember i'm, at, I'm out here and so it must mean it's football season you kind of gotta like walk yourself through it right when you get a uh, concussion oh man but yeah <laughs> but i mean who knows now i mean now I, they, there still are plenty of concussions i'm sure but now um you know they have they have even even like the helmet I have with the Giants. I think I have it like right here. This this one, like this helmet. Now this is like the new um whatever like the new the newest one. Like the padding in there, it's like fitted to to like my head and stuff. You can't see, but they come in. They take like a scan of your head and like fit it to your head. So I think that's supposed to help. And then a lot of guys wear that new um like the one Russell Wilson wears. You know what I'm saying? That I forget what it's called. Yeah. That one's supposed to be like really good and, and and comfortable. I've never tried that one out, but but yeah, every every guy kind of has their own um, helmet helmet preference. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a great story. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna ask you the last question now. It's gonna be a bit of a change of pace. I'm gonna direct your attention to Zoom. Yeah. So this is a question we ask every interview we have. Okay, so, I like this. I'm, yeah, yeah. This is right up my like. This is right up my alley. I'm perfect. Yeah. So. You get, you get to pick two of these groups of animals, and then they will defend you. All the other ones, all the other seven, are going to be attacking you and these groups of animals. So what are your two choices? you got the 50 hawks, 10 alligators, crocodiles, we're not sure, three bears, seven seven bulls, one sniper with an old-fashioned hunting rifle, 15 <laughs> wolves, 10,000 rats, five gorillas, four lions. Well, what are you thinking? All right. And, and the animals I picked, they work together too, right? Like they're... 
Yeah. The, the two yeah, different yeah. animals. All right. Because, well, yeah, I'm going to say, and we have to fight the rest of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All it's right. all about survival. I'm going to say um, wolf, the 15 wolves right off the bat, just because, um, like, I, I think wolves, wolves are sick. And, and uh, I think that, like, that, you know, that mentality, they're, they're just ruthless. And then I want to say, like, I'm a big, I'm a big lion guy, too, but I'm a big bear guy. But I'm going to say, as far as, because I have to fight the other animals, I'm going to think, I think I'm going to go four lions, the 15 wolves and four lions. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think that's a pretty popular answer we've had. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna do the 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 yeah the bears. I think, but I, yeah, I just think I don't know. That that is a good one though because the bull as far as like the the um weaponry they would have to attack with. But yeah, I think because then the bull the things with those, those things, like the bulls and stuff they would they they'd be hard to take down. I mean the hawks. Yeah, I don't know, but the, the alligators are slow moving, so I'm not worried about that. We run, the, and then the sniper, you'd have to take him out pretty easily. I think the gorilla, I think the four, I'd have to send the gorilla through the four lines at the gorillas, and then the wolves would have to take out the bears pretty quickly, and then you know they can divert their attention to uh to the other. I think the the last four, the hawks, alligators, bulls, and rats are going to be you know the last because yeah, oh, it's a good one though. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You have a whole plan set out for it. You know? Yeah, I, 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 yeah I I'm like, I, I know, yeah, I know all the uh, all the defenses and stuff. I mean, the rats are there's a lot of them, but as long as yeah. it gets, hopefully they start, that's my yeah. thing. That's my thing. There's a there's a shit ton of rats. That's ten thousand rats. Maybe. Yeah, you have to like divide, divide them and conquer. But if they're all working together, then that might be a uh, it might be a problem. Yeah, I always think of that as like you know when you when they walk in the kitchen in Ratatouille and they're all they're all working together. I'm like yeah. oh, if they can do that, there's a serious problem. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying. That's just you know, like the hawks too. Like if they all work together, you know, you can never they could just stay up in the sky. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that, that's a good one though. Just do do coordinated attacks from up above. That'd be hard to defend. Yeah, yeah I mean, one do you think you and your yeah, do you think you'd have any chances of surviving this? I feel like no matter what you pick, it's going to be almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, the reason I t- I picked the, the wolves and the lions because that, that I'm trying to pick the ones where I I have to do the least amount of fighting as possible. Like I, you know, I if they need me to like take take on the rats or something, or even I, I might <laughs> even have to take on the the one on one guy with the, with the old fashioned rifle and hope like he misses the first shot. It has to like you know, it's like the Revolutionary War had takes him a minute to reload. And shit, so I, you know, I'll be able to make up make up some ground. Yeah, that's when you got to sneak in there. <laughs> yeah, get into it. Oh, yeah, once we get yeah, once we get uh, we have to fight it. Yeah, but I don't know. That's a good one though. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's a great yeah. interview. You yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. no, that was great, Scott. Thanks so mm-hmm. much for coming on, man. Yeah, oh, thank you. Sure. All right, what a great interview, right, Ben? You know, we we recalled a. Comparative to Greg Olson, you know, yes. I'm never gonna let that down. I, that's going directly <laughs> in my, my Twitter bio, my Tinder bio, all of them. Every, every all of the above. Just... Yeah, like Greg Olson. Once mm-hmm. described as like Greg Olson. <laughs> yes, and you know, people like Greg Olson, like me and you, will be at games this uh this coming up football season. And you know how we'll be do- we'll we'll be there by how? using our our favorite app, Game Time. And that's why right. Game Time is an app where you can buy tickets right at the get-go like if you want to go to a game in the morning like the morning of a game 
go on game time and they'll tell you right then and there your price your fees everything that's one thing i absolutely love about it is that it includes the fees right from the start so it gives you an all-included price besides going all the way to the end where it says hey you thought you were paying 120 dollars. well actually you're paying 300 dollars because i love fees and um yeah so if you use code ssqb that is two s's and qb like um the quarterback like carson wentz that got traded um really broke it down there mark yeah this yeah. is the in-depth analysis you guys <laughs> <come> for. <laughs> thank you that, sorry that brought a little tear to my eye um but anyways yes ssqb you get five dollars off your first order and you, that's it yeah have fun all right mark now we're going to get into the real football news we've yes. been waiting a long time for this it was that little dark period we had about a month after the super bowl but now mm-hmm. we got free agency yeah usually my favorite part of the season but as an eagles fan very uneventful yeah, I mean, this year was crazy, but in a different way than usual because there were more cuts, way more cuts than we're used to. So that yeah. a lot of those guys were available on the market who we never expected to be. So, it, you know, not as crazy with the money being thrown around as other years, but definitely, definitely eventful. Yeah, I think it was pretty boring too. I mean, like everybody kind of went back to their own team, which is kind of upsetting. Not all of them, not all of them. Like we got some good ones together. A, a lot, a lot of them. But yeah, yeah. Who, would, uh, who would you say would be your winners and losers of free agency? Okay, well, I don't know that I'm going to call this a winner, but I loved about 75% of what the Panthers did. I mean, okay, I, I wrote about this, man. If anybody wants to read it, go to my Twitter. But Hassan Reddick might have been the greatest deal of the offseason. Yes, I'm $8 very million dollars, And that's, sorry, I think it's up to $8 million. I think it's $6 million guaranteed, up to $8 million. Like, this guy had... 12 and a half sacks last year. In his only year, he was a pass rusher full-time. So you could say, oh, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's just developing, you know? Like, maybe he's going to be even better next year in his second year at the position. Like, I am very stoked about that. Put him next to Brian Burns and Derek Brown. It's going to be scary. Yes. See, for me, my winner, kind of on the same track as you, is um, Anthony Harris. The This guy signed with the Eagles. You know, we lose Jalen Hurt. Jalen, Jalen Mills. Sorry, I wish we kind of lost Jalen Hurts, but <laughs> we lose Jalen Mills. But um, no, Anthony Harris has been didn't really have a great season last semester, last year, and uh, the year prior to that though he was the number one safety in the league according to Pro Football Focus, and he was on the top of his game. And the Vikings actually franchise tagged him last season for roughly I think eleven million, twelve million. And we were able to sign him on a one-year deal this season for half that, at one, one, uh, one year for $5 million. And I think that was a great steal by the Philadelphia Eagles. And yeah, I mean, I'm very happy about it. I agree with you, man. The, the Anthony Harris deal, uh, I forgot about that for a second. That's a, that's a very good deal. You guys got to start there. Like, it's he was probably steal. a little little overhyped in that one year. You know, was he really the best safety in football? I don't, you know, pro football focus mm-hmm. isn't, isn't the gold standard. It's not perfect. But definitely a great player. And for getting him for, like you said, half the price of the franchise tag that he signed a year ago, that's yeah. a steal. Exactly. I was very, very stoked about it. I mean, yeah. he And, and like another one I would say was an obviously on the great fit is um, Juju Smith-Schuster. He was able to sign with the Steelers for, what is that? I believe one year, eight mil or seven mil. Yeah. And that's that's another insane thing because honestly, personally, I don't think he is – he's that like worth that little i think he's a very talented wide receiver that if he went anywhere else um he could have gotten a lot more money and i respect him for taking a hometown pay cut 
but yeah, I think he's definitely in store for a big paycheck next season if he just continues being the way he is. Yeah, like everybody hates on Juju. We did a little bit with his dancing mm-hmm. and whatnot, but he's not worth less than half of Kenny Galladay. You know, that's yeah. a steal. That's a steal right there. And he, mm-hmm. he turned down deals from other teams for more. So he wanted to go back, which was weird because it seemed like for a long time he didn't want to go back. It seemed mm-hmm. like for sure he was leaving. And he said he was prepared like to leave. Like he was telling his teammates, like he was telling Chase, like, oh, this is your team now. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know how that went down. I'd be curious to see what yeah. their meetings were like. But <laughs> I want to go back to my team a little bit, not just Hassan Reddick. Like mm-hmm. you, you guys didn't make too many moves, but the Panthers oh, were yeah. making some moves out there. And I'm a fan of a good amount of them. The two O-linemen we signed, like those, those were the first two moves we made. And at that point, I was ready to put the Panthers in loser territory because, like, we need an O-line, and you signed two mediocre dudes who are probably going to be starters next year. So that scared me. <laughs> so I'm still terrified about our offensive line, but our defensive line is looking dirty, man. Um, we signed Morgan Fox, an old Rams guy. You know, I love Rams defenders, defensive yes. coaches, all those guys. I like that signing. He was cheap. Um, oh, and Curtis Samuel left, which sucks, yes. but we weren't going to afford him anyways. Although I was right about him going to Washington. I wasn't worried about everything in my predictions, but that one just made sense. But yeah. we bring in a new wide receiver three, David Moore from Seattle, who made a couple of huge plays with the Seahawks. And for a cheap wide receiver three, I don't think it gets much better than him. Yeah. I, he wasn't even on my radar of like wide receivers. I mean, did you mention him last episode when we were talking about perfect fits? I don't think so. No. I like I, I agree with you. Like he was mm-hmm. he was at the lower level. We didn't get that far in, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, there's more men. I'm I'm hyped as hell about this Panthers class. We got Dan Arnold, the Cardinals tight end. We needed a mm-hmm. tight end bad. And this dude for three million dollars a year is ridiculous. And then Denzel Perryman, another horrible yeah. pass coverage linebacker, but he can hit people really hard, so that's cool. You know, a good situational linebacker. There you go. And I have to say I was wrong. Um, last episode, I said I can take it to the bank and I can almost guarantee that Xavier Rhodes will be a Philadelphia Eagle. And he signed a one-year contract with the Colts. Colts. Yeah, that's uh, what I said. I really thought he was going to stay. The Eagles I, didn't make sense, uh, though, if you guys stole half their coaching staff. So one of the Yeah, I, I thought really, you know, that was going to be the case. But it's okay. I mean, there's still room for, for uh, us to steal some Colts. I mean, yeah, yeah well, that's all I got. What, Anthony what Walker ones, Jr. What other ones did we have? Um, I got Titans and Bud Dupree, right? Um, yeah, that one felt good. Oh, they paid a good amount of money for a guy who just got injured. I'm not mad at it though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were wrong about Hendrickson. We were wrong about Carl Lawson. Um, yeah, what else did we predict? We predicted the Lions to get a lot of like big name guys, and they haven't. I don't think they signed anybody. No, they kept big. their own guy. I didn't expect yeah. them to keep Romeo Aquara. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they kept Romeo Aquara. Although they could still sign Jadavian Clowney, right? You they could. They could. We we did we did put the pin in that one. So. I still, yeah, that one still makes no sense. It's the most Lions think to do. Exactly. 15 million a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and Aaron Jones staying in Green Bay. That one was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was very interesting. I didn't expect that at all. So, yeah. So I've seen a lot of people saying, like, you need multiple running backs. And this is the same thing with another deal we're going to get to later that I was the biggest fan of. And I get that. But what you don't need to do is spend $12 million a year on your starting running back and a second round draft pick on your back running back. That's a little too much investment in the running position, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I feel you 100%. I mean, there's a point in time where, like, you have an RBC, a running back by committee, but, like, at what point is it, like, all right, now it's just too much? Like, yeah. come on. Like, you don't, you, you can go with, like, AJ Dillon and then, like, two fourth rounders or, like, a fourth rounder and then an undrafted free agent. Like, you can do very fine with that. 
And I think Aaron Jones and their other guy, Jamal Williams, were fourth rounders. I think they, they were the same yeah. draft too, some, some late round picks. They used that exact strategy that you just said, and it worked yeah. perfectly. Yeah, it's all you need to do. I, mean, I don't know. The, yeah. the I, I just feel like it's going to be the same issue for the Packers, where they do great in the regular season once again, but when it comes to the playoffs, they don't have enough great guys. Like This is money they could have spent on the defense, another wide receiver, Really, anything but corner, another corner. Exactly. Like, yeah. Remember, Kevin King got embarrassed last year. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that they've signed a new corner yet. That's that's an issue. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kevin King is a free agent right now. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they literally don't have anybody lining up. You saw uh, next to Jair Alexander. Yeah. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Some other good deals. One I liked. Uh, Trubisky to the Bills for two and a half million dollars. Yes. I like that a lot. You can't get a better backup quarterback for that cheap. That's mm-hmm. the perfect deal for the Bills. Yeah. Um, can we do like I want? I don't. I really want to talk about the the Galladay one. I really. Uh, yeah. yeah. Biggest thing with people for that one is I compare that to. I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I compare that to Allen Robinson, like signing with the Bears. Like he chose money over um, like a good quarterback because obviously the two teams there were were Joe Burrow or Daniel Jones, and I feel like. He would have had more success. I mean, I'm like, I'm taking all like Eagles bias away out of this right now. I'm just saying, like, in general, like, he could have took on going with Joe Burrow and, and having more success. Granted, you know, Zach Taylor is a very interesting coach, which we don't know where exactly he would go with that. But, you know, you could have took that route with a better quarterback, I think, than going with Daniel Jones. And I feel like he's probably going to take the Allen Robinson route and just taking all the money and then eventually not like being on the giants because your quarterback is not up to par. Yeah, no, I get that. I think the giants are building an interesting offense there, but there's a very real yeah. chance. Like I don't want to get caught up when I did last year. Remember, I really thought the giants were going to be a great offense. It looked pretty good on paper, but maybe Daniel Jones isn't the guy. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's going to be another wasted wide receiver. Allen mm-hmm. Robinson's the perfect example for a wasted wide receiver. This dude has never yeah. played with even a remotely decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Poor and guy went from Blake Bortles to, to, to Trubisky, to Nick, Trubisky to Nick Foles to yeah, Andy Dalton. Yeah, everybody there. <laughs> yeah, which um, you said the Bengals were the other finalists for yes, yeah, that would have been fun. I'd like that idea because they lost AJ Green, bringing yeah. a, a young guy, younger guy, and Kevin Galladay for yeah, Joe Burrow. Basically, it's like an AJ Green in his prime is what best I could compare it to Galladay. AJ Green in his prime was a monster. Kenny Galladay is really good. Let's give AJ Green some respect now. Yeah, okay. So we can say AJ Green leading up to his prime. Like, yeah, like he's season he, he eight. He could possibly be AJ Green, but that would be best case scenario for Kenny Galladay. AJ mm-hmm. Green was a monster for years. Yeah. Um. So the thing with the Bengals, though, they already have a pretty good wide receiver core. Like, I, I don't blame them for not spending $18 million a year on mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, I feel like when it, come to, when it came down to it, I would have taken a little bit less money to go with uh, To be Galladay? Burrow. I agree. Yeah. And, like, in that situation, like, say it's 16 a year instead of 18, I mm-hmm. probably would have gone to the Bengals too. But, mm-hmm. you know, we can't blame the guy. Exactly. You know, money money obviously speaks louder than... And, I mean, he might believe in Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... Daniel Jones isn't a complete bust yet. No, not yet. But I just think, you know, he's he's kind of on that route. Yeah. They got to fix the O-line more than anything to mm-hmm. get where they need to go. But um, other interesting deals. Um, so, yeah, to risk the Bills, perfect. I love that one. 
one I don't like so much, and really the team as a whole probably would be my biggest loser, is what the Raiders have been doing. Have you been looking into what the Raiders have been doing? They traded away three offensive line starters. Yeah, the Raiders. I don't. Well, I think the Raiders are just copying exactly what the um, what the Chiefs are doing. I saw. I saw like a thing. It was like, uh, <laughs> what have the Ra- what, we're going to follow the Chiefs' footprint? And it was the Chiefs are uh, the Chiefs just released two of their linemen, and the Raiders are like, all right, we got you. And we'll they, trade they, three of them. <laughs> we'll trade three of our linemen. <laughs> but didn't they sign Richie Incognito back? Yeah, but yeah. like they signed him back. They already had him. Yeah, <laughs> trade away three starters. And yeah, another deal. Another deal. Um, I didn't love was Kenyon Drake to the Raiders. This is pretty much the same situation yeah. as Aaron Jones and Green Bay. You, I don't understand investing so much at the running back position, especially when you let go half your O line. Like, Aaron, Aaron if you were going to go, you said Daniel Jones. Oh, okay, yeah, Aaron Jones. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones showed his wheels. Other than he when he fell, he did yeah. in the Philadelphia against the Philadelphia Eagles. He did. Yeah, other than other than when he fell, but yeah. So <laughs> signing Kenny yeah, Drake two it years doesn't really make any sense because literally he is like Josh Jacobs. Like they're both scat backs. You keep saying this. Josh Jacobs is not a scat back. He I, I don't know how back. I can get. He's not in the slightest a scat back. I don't know how to get this through your head. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying he is. I think he is. He's Wrong, a guy that literally that, every single time. That okay. What would you call Alvin Kamara? He's a scat back. Josh Jacobs is literally nothing like Alvin Kamara. He is. He catches balls out of the backfield. No, he doesn't. I'm pretty sure he does. I'll have to watch some. How many catches do you think he had? I don't know. How many catches did Alvin Kamara have? Uh like a hundred. Okay, so I'm gonna say like 62 for this most recent season that you guess yeah okay hold up let me get alvin kamara's number yeah give me alvin kamara's number alvin kamara in 15 games had 83 catches okay so i'm saying like 53 so you, you'll admit here if you're wrong you can no longer call him a scab i'm just looking to call him a scab back no 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 you have no 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 no, no. <laughs> if you're wrong here you can no longer call him a scab back if you're admitting wrong all right, fine. Okay. Josh Jacobs in 15 games had 33 catches. He is in no way a scat back. I don't know. That's, that's pretty high up there. No, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong, and you're going to stop calling the scat back. Okay, fine. Yes. It's because he did it in, in college. That's that's what that's what gets my mind like that. Did he even was... really catch that many balls in college? I remember every time I watched his tape, he was catching balls in, in out of the backfield. And that's just, like I'm being like genuine right now. I'm not like fucking around. Right? Because okay, he was yeah, in you're, you literally okay, this is what's happening right here. You remember one singular cool catch he made. And that's it. The no, dude had no, no, 14, no. 14, 20. That's the number of catches he had at Alabama. Well, I just remember I remember the Eagles wanted him. So then I watched like a bunch of highlight videos on him. Yeah. And, and he made like, like two cool catches probably. And like 60% of the time it was him catching a ball. Yeah. So okay. Now you know Josh Jacobs is not a scat back. You have learned. All right. I'll take it. He is not a scat back. Scat and what back. is he? Is he like a he's like, a power back pretty much? He knows he, he's he really shifty. People? I think he could be a better receiving back, but the Raiders refuse to use him, which is what I'm trying to get to here with Kenyon Drake. Like I still believe Josh Jacobs could be an every down back, but the Raiders refuse that for some reason. And never throw him the ball. So I don't love this because 
like obviously it's an upgrade over the guys they've had. Devontae Booker is a back. Well, Devontae Booker was pretty good as their back last year. Yeah, Devontae Booker wasn't bad at all. Yeah, and if if the reason that you traded away your O lineman was to get Kenyon Drake, then I hate it even more. Yeah, get a better O line that will help Josh Jacobs. Not really getting a better backup running back. I don't, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I mean it's a very interesting way of of thinking of things. I really know. So it's a little it's a little stupido. Yeah, and then. Uh, they signed Yannick Ngakwe to two years, 26. Mm-hmm. Which, I like that, though. Yeah, a couple of years ago, that would look great. Yannick Ngakwe mm-hmm. was traded twice last year. It was kind of disappointing. So, yeah. it, it's a, you know, there's a reward there for sure, but it is kind of a risky move. I understand. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of dig it, though. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I mean, the Raiders need pass rush so badly. But also, every pass rusher the Raiders have drafted or signed is a bust. So, I don't have high hopes for Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, which is crazy. the position. Which is so crazy because they have the draft god in in Mike Mayock as their GM. Dude, Mike Mayock has not done that well drafting. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah, but he, he, he has the he reputation knows. as an, an NFL guy, like a draft guy, because he was yeah. at an NFL network. Yeah, but, but he knows. That doesn't mean he's going to be a good drafting GM. Yeah, but he knows he's the draft god. And maybe he'll return to being the draft god soon when the Raiders fire him. Like, there's a very <laughs> real chance that happens. Soon. No, it, it's John Gruden's team. John Gruden has to decide whether or not he wants to fire his boy. Bro, they both could get fired in two, three years. By that point, it's been long enough for Gruden. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But okay, yeah. So I didn't like what the Raiders did. Was there any team you didn't really like what they were doing? What did I not like what they were doing? Um no, I was I was just gonna say like the, like who I said like the specific like teams just signed some stupid players, like like the Giants just overpaid. Um, they're continuing to overpay, which is and they overpaid pretty, for Dory Jackson. I'll say that. That's, yeah, he's been ridiculously inconsistent, and he's been burned. Yeah, fairly often. Yeah, yeah the Titans' pass defense has not been very good. That's like one thing I knew like when I was going into it, like or like the Eagles. Or interested in Dory Jack. Like he's a very good number two, but like he's he's just fast. He's just very, very fast. So like that's really good. But like he's also very inconsistent. And like what a lot of time when I was watching like, yeah, and I was watching like his stuff, he it looked like he was like, does he get penalized a lot? Because a lot of time it looked like he was like doing some PR there. Probably. Yeah, for like a team that like I think is a loser as a whole. I don't really see one at the moment. Okay. I mean, then I, then let's go yeah. to the Patriots. Obviously, we yeah. have to talk about the Patriots. They were yeah. the biggest. The Patriots, Patriots are are clear winners in my book. They, you think they, the winners? Okay. Yeah, I think they're so winners. Let's read. Let's read out the the moves first. So they mm-hmm. resigned Cam one year up to fourteen million. I think it's a yeah base value of five million. So it's a lot of incentives. And Nelson Aguilar two years twenty six million. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a full on Nelson Aguilar fan now. Um, <laughs> Kendrick Bourne two years twenty two. Uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, both of them on big deals, uh, yeah, 13 mil each or 12 mil each. Trent Brown in trade, uh, re-signed David Andrews, re-signed Ted Karras. Oh, actually, he left and they brought him back. Same thing they did with Kyle Van Noy. Who we yeah, talked about. Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, um, signed a bunch more. I mean, there's literally too many to read out. Um, Matt Judon was another big one. He got a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Mills, like you said. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a ton more guys. The Patriots pretty much signed an entire roster this offseason. <laughs> Yeah, which is insane, absolutely insane. Because something we don't see, like Bill Belichick in the New England. Because he's never had money. Like he's always been going all in on the current year, Mm -hmm. like making little upgrades, that kind of stuff. But then 
with this down year. This is what this was the play. Like last year, they always knew they were going to have this cap space this year. So I love Bill yeah. Belichick, man. He he's always one step ahead. Mm-hmm. He's just new right now. But you, you think awesome. they're a winner? I you think like they're the winner. Deals? Yeah, I mean they they signed a lot of people, and that's like, and I love that they signed two tight ends with Hunter Henry and and uh, John New Smith. Like that's great. I think that's absolutely insane. Like they're they're that looks like a fun team. I think it's gonna be a very fun team next season. Oh, they're gonna go all in on the power run. Like Damian Harris, mm-hmm. he's gonna be getting, and he and Ke- like that's the thing. Some of these are probably overpaced, but in terms of upgrading the team, and the cap's probably gonna spike the next couple of years, so it really won't be yeah. that big of a deal. They upgraded the team. That's what they needed to do. And who's going to stop this power run offense? 100%. That's going to be insane. Damien Harris, is, like I said, is going to have a field day. It's going to be eaten up. And yeah, Sonny Michelle, between the two of them, and I think they have another guy with some decent promise. Like, they'll find their back. Damien Harris hasn't solidified himself yet, but he's shown potential. Maybe they'll exactly. even draft another guy. They'll, they'll find their guy to run this power offense and be successful with it. But I also love, you know, like the Patriots, they had Gronk, they had Aaron Hernandez too. They had all these great tight ends for years. Then they lose Gronk. They can't find literally anybody. No matter what they try, they have zero tight end play. So they're like, fuck it. We're signing two this year. We're making sure we get a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really going to be a very fun team. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I think they're going to be back in playoff discussion for sure. I oh, mean, yeah. They, they went 7-9 and last year. Like, that can't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, back in the – I don't know that they're better than the Bills. But they'll be back in the playoff contention for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, a couple other things I liked. Uh, the Lions. I I like Jamal Williams. Signing him was good. Um, although, no, I I love Jamal Williams as a backup to uh, DeAndre Swift. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, was that Jamal? Yeah, that they're gonna have a very cool running running back by committee because I know their running backs coach Deuce Daly is is. Absolutely in love with the running back by committee. And then another thing the Lions did, Tyrell Williams. Remember, forgot about him. He did he opt out or did he miss the entire year with the Raiders? I forget, but he was pretty good a couple of years ago. Like he signed a fat contract with the Raiders and he got released. Mm-hmm. So they got him for cheap. They got Prashad Perriman for cheap. Like one of those two guys is going to be able to at least replace a decent amount of what Kenny Galladay did and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is leaving too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's gonna be an insane uh not insane, but just a fun group. Not insane, yeah. Not insane yeah. at all. Not They're probably going to draft somebody high. Group. Yeah. But it's two cheap guys. I like those deals. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun group. And they traded for Michael Brockers. Like, they just made some smart moves. Our yeah. boy Dan Campbell, we can root for him. Now he might have a competitive team. Biting, biting kneecaps off. That's yep. the move always. And then one other team I liked. Let me scroll for another five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, We talked about AJ Green leaving the Bengals. I love that deal for the Cardinals. It's... um. Six million dollars base value for AJ yeah. Green. I know he's not the same AJ Green as before, but he's worth at least six million dollars. Yeah. And now their wide receiver course looking pretty dirty. Yeah. I mean, come on, you got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Is Christian Kirk still there? Yeah. Christian Kirk. No, Christian Kirk's still there. Yeah. So that's that three right there is pretty damn good. Yeah. All the pressure's gonna be on your boy Flip Kingsbury and Kyle Murray, the two of them. Like there's no more excuses for how inconsistent they were. Hey. Don't don't be doubting my boy Cliff. He knows what he's doing. He got this. He got his air raid offense. He's ready to kill it. I hope so. He's and he got in that ball. He's one of the dudes who took advantage of the Raiders. They uh, got Rodney Hudson starting center. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, you need a lineman, and they got one. I like that. It's my boy right there, Cliff. He knows us. He knows what's going on. Well, really, the GM, but 
Cliff, Cliff's, Cliff's definitely <laughs> part of every conversation there is. I would hope he's at least part of every conversation. Like, if you're <laughs> just handing you players, that's a problem. Like, it's just oh, like, here you, you know go. What? Here's a... Just, just calls him up. Hey, yeah, we just signed uh, Michael Brockers. Um, just, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> just, just Here's let, your new quarterback, Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Just want to let you know we uh, we signed uh, Michael Brockers. Yeah, can we talk about that? Uh, Andy they Dalton. promised Andy Dalton to be the number one for the Bears. Yeah, I, I he said that. Why are they promising him that? <laughs> Why? Why? Poor like, dude. I, I mean, did he lie or did they genuinely promise him that? Because while he's probably better than Nick Foles, Andy Dalton is no guy you should be promising the starting job to. Yeah, come on. Like they like come on. Come on. <laughs> and then I've also all of those Bears fans' pages. They're like, Yeah, we we were told that we would get a Russell Wilson, but instead <laughs> we got yeah, Andy Dalton, the the what is he the uh, the red the red rod the, the red rifle, yeah. I didn't you know I don't know I didn't love their other moves either like cutting Kyle mm-hmm. Fuller, yeah. For what? Yeah, I don't know like, I don't know why they did that. They almost cut Hakeem Hicks too. It seemed like they were going to cut him, but it looks like they might keep him. Although they definitely soured the relationship, so that's not ideal. I don't know what yeah. their goal is. Like I feel okay, like this so is yeah. the year Matt Nagy gets fired. <laughs> That can that can be my uh, my losers. I would say the the Bears because when looking at it, yeah, I don't I didn't really understand the Kyle Fuller uh, release, and I really didn't like the the Andy Dolan thing, especially after him saying he was promised the number one spot. Yeah, that's that's there's something that's, going on there. Come on, come on. He even if he was promised, it, he shouldn't have said it. Like I feel like the player, the team, everybody. It's just a weird situation now. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Something's something's definitely going to go wrong there because they are not going to be successful this season. Like, yeah, I'm I'm going bold prediction. Matt Nagy's fired at the end of the year, probably. If not before that, I can see. Yeah, it could even be a midseason. Like, if they get a, yeah. that's something we should remember when the schedule comes out. If the Bears have a tough mm-hmm. start to the schedule, watch out for Matt Nagy. Yeah, I can see very easily. I mean, if he keeps, if he keeps, I mean, he already gave up like play calling. So if they still fail with him not calling plays on offense anymore, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Your boy David Montgomery, poor guy. Yeah, poor poor dude. I love that guy. I give him every credit I have. <laughs> All of the credit. All of the credit. Every credit. Yeah. Um, it's magic to the uh, to the Washington football team. That's always a fun one. Wherever he goes, you got to root for mm-hmm. them at least a little bit. Which I already exactly. root for Washington because they're one of the many teams that seals Panthers players. So. Yes, I don't really mind it. I I think it, it'll be fun. I mean, that man is the Eagle Killer. But it's okay. Uh, yeah, like you can win with him, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd rather them have done something, you know. To I try think this is going to be a, a fun very team. Good, yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. But they have a very good team. Why wouldn't you go for something higher than Ryan Fitzpatrick? And as we know, if you draft a quarterback while well, Ryan Fitzpatrick's on your team, he's going to be horrible. So, yeah. So that's, that's their you... plan. Then they just screwed themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not happening because Ryan Fitzpatrick is on his one-year contract, so he's going to go off. Yeah, exactly. He's going to go off, especially because he's on his one-year contract. Although him with Curtis Samuel, like I'm, I'm hoping they pull out some double reverses and stuff. Yeah, just get fun with it because I think they have Scott Turner, who was our, he's the son of our offense coordinator, North Turner, when we were pulling out the double reverses mm-hmm. with Curtis Samuel. So, I'm hoping they do fun things with him. That'll be good. There you go. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that round rounds up our uh, free agency question mark. No, one more team we got in Jacksonville. Have you Jacksonville. seen how much Jacksonville's been making? They've been going crazy too. Almost as yes. much as Patriots. Almost, almost. They're, they're just preparing. They're preparing to to uh, 
surround Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I like the strategy. Um, they beefed up the defensive line. Like mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown, Roy Robertson Harris. I like both those guys. And yeah, I mean, the Chicago and New Orleans, those were the two best places to take D-line talent from probably. So building yeah. that in Jacksonville, that's a good idea. It's a good sign. They made a bunch of other moves too. Oh, they got Marvin Jones. That's very cool. Yes. Yeah. And um, and they also got uh, they also brought back Carlos Hyde, which is very interesting yeah. to back so up James Robinson. Love. Like he's yeah, he's just kind of there. You know, he he, you could do worse at running back, but he's not. He had his time, and now he's kind of like. Uh. Yeah, it really is crazy how fast he went from because he was promising. He was a promising young guy in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then he gets traded to Cleveland, and then to Jacksonville, and then Houston, and then Seattle. Right? Is that the correct order? There might even be another team in there. He he went well, crazy. Okay, yeah, he was yeah, he was with the 49ers and then he was on the Browns. Then he was really good with the Browns. Then they traded him like midway through the season right to the Jaguars. And then yep. he went to Houston. Yep, and then he was traded I think again or released and he signed with the Jaguars. No, no. Or with, 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 yeah. with the Houston, with the Texans. And yeah. then he yeah, and then after that he somehow I don't even know how he ended up with the the Seattle Seahawks. He was a free agent. He was a free agent, so he yeah, probably signed like a one-year contract with the Texans. And now then, he's back in Jacksonville. But yeah, he's he, back in Jacksonville. He really went from this promising young guy so to promising that, to like thrown around veteran real fast. Yeah, like, he's been around. <laughs> yeah, he's getting his jersey numbers up. Yeah, so I, I don't <laughs> for Jacksonville. I don't know that they're going to be good next year, but it looks like they're building a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea, although I don't love the Shaquille Griffin signing. I feel like he's always been a tad overrated. And overpaid yeah. in this case, but it's no, no, like, no, a pretty good corner. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I still don't think he's a good number one. Like, if he's your number one, you're probably not going to have a great defense. I guess. I, I I recognize him as a number one corner. I mean, the Seahawks have never really had good secondary cornerback play with him there. I True. Know. Maybe I hate on him a little too much, but I think he's at least a tad overrated. So I, I do like how they didn't go all in on. Like splash signings. Instead, they got a bunch of really good guys instead of trying to get a few elite players. That's what I yeah. like. Yeah, they really divvied up their money there. Yeah, yeah, just building that foundation. But I think, oh, one more thing, Mark. Mm-hmm. Last one. Not technically for agency, but our weeks-long saga of Isaiah Wilson. There's another, <laughs> there's another little part to the story. Have you seen it? I believe so. That sounds very familiar. Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, so Isaiah Wilson, we talked about last time. Well, we've talked about every week, but the most recent edition of the Isaiah Wilson report was that he was traded to Miami and got cut from Miami before he even like showed up with the team. Wait, um, really? I didn't actually yeah, know this. You didn't see Wait, that? What? Yeah. No, yep. what? Yep. All right. So this is a tweet, Tom Pilicero. I don't know how to say your name. Sorry, bro. Yeah. But among the incidents that led to the Dolphins waving up uh, Isaiah Wilson, per sources, hours late for his physical, late for his onboarding process, didn't show up for voluntary work at workouts he had committed to Thursday and Friday. Team tried to support him, but now moving on. Oh my god. <laughs> what a dick. Dude, no, I, like come on. You know, we were saying, like, we hope he can rebound in a new place, you know, change scenery is what he's needed. But no, this guy clearly just took the money of being an NFL player. That's it. He never wanted to put in any effort. Dude, come on. Like so officially, fastest bust ever. Remember we were having this debate? Like he yeah. wins, right? Because yeah, who's going to sign him now? Yeah, come on. That's After all that, him. I actually didn't know that. Holy shit. 
what an idiot what an absolute idiot dude you have your chance oh my god and then that might lead like perfectly into uh people are stupid because oh. Isaiah Wilson is just Isaiah Wilson idiot. could be the running favorite for a, like a yeah. weekly award. <laughs> a weekly award. <laughs> you, the, all right, and this leads us to our Isaiah Wilson segment of the day. <laughs> but what I'm sad about is this might be the end of the Isaiah Wilson track. Like he gave us a new story every single week. I know. Come on. Dude, like, day, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Something seriously wrong. There, I mean, there, there genuinely might be something like you might need to like get help or something. I don't, I don't know his whole situation, but it's it's not know. good seeing what's going on with him. I don't know. Yeah, but, but onto the real people are stupid, Mark. Yes. Who is yours? Here. Okay, let me see. I'm gonna find this real quick because I had, I had two, but okay, this is this is a good one. So, um, it's on the post. This one actually makes no sense at all. Like, I was actually really confused as to what this guy was saying. So, um, it, it kind of deserves like a people are stupid. So, Adam Schefter tweets out saying, Former Colts QB Jacoby Brissett has reached agreement on a one year deal with the Miami Dolphins. Okay, all, all is good, all is great. Okay, then this, this Insta or this Twitter account called Thank You Rivers and they're, they're at Colts, Colts underscore squad says, Colts fans need to stop with the QB watch. Jacoby Brissett is our franchise quarterback. Looking at other QBs shows you have doubt in him. He's been better than our than over half the QBs in the NFL. Brissett is our guy in all caps. And he commented this under a post in which Jacoby Brissett has reached a one-year agreement with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the Colts guy, Mark. He's the Colts guy. He's the Colts guy. They traded for Carson Wentz to back him up. Yeah. I, I, and people, I like, I even wrote into him, like, you are aware that, like, this, he's this, not on the Colts. <laughs> he's not on the Colts anymore. Like, and they're just, we're just going to ignore the fact that he says he's better than over half the QBs in the NFL. So the thing is, there's the second string and third string quarterbacks in the NFL, right? So, you know, you could say there's like I, 96 I, quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, so he didn't, he he's didn't better say than 48. Starting. You know, he, yeah, he, did he didn't say, say starting. He didn't say starting QBs. He just said, said he's top 48. QBs. Right, top forty-eight, towards the bottom of the top forty-eight, but yeah, I mean, sneaks in there. Yeah, he's yeah, he he is better than half the guy the QVs in the NFL. Yeah, so he wasn't wrong there. (laughs) You're right. You're right. So, but (laughs) this guy, Colts Colts squad, thank you, Rivers. You are. um, You think he's just in a deep depression right now? Like when he realized that Jacoby, he's in denial. He's in denial. Yeah, he's in denial right now. He's in denial. Yeah, he's poor sure. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but Ben, who is your people are stupid? Yeah, so mine, um, so March Madness is going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the awesome sleeper teams everybody loves, Loyola Chicago, they're doing it again. And they just upset one seed, Illinois. And after that win, they had the third best title odds. It went Gonzaga, Baylor, and Loyola Chicago, right? So everybody's freaking out about this, saying, oh, this shows it's rigged. We all knew it was rigged. Sister Jean is just like this big marketing thing. The, uh, the NCAA is rigging Fake. all these games for Loyola Chicago to win every time. But I think like a bunch of butthurt Illinois fans, right? Yeah. Little did they realize that, that Loyola Chicago was one of like three games completed at that point. So they, were, they had to play less games than pretty much everybody else on this list, right? That's why their odds were so high. Like no one else had played. 
every other team besides like uh, Baylor and Gonzaga was the favorite because they're Gonzaga. But mm-hmm. Baylor and like one other team had qualified for the Sweet 16 along with Loyola Chicago. So every other team had to win another game just to get to where Loyola Chicago was. That's where their that's why their odds were so high. And these people went into some deep conspiracy about how it's all rigged for sister team. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. People are stupid. People are indeed stupid. Oh, but they are winning it all. Sister Jean is too powerful. Sister Jean, I love Sister Jean. And like, did you see her predictions? She was so wholesome about it. She was like, I predict us to be in the Sweet 16, maybe the Final Four, but that's it. I don't really want to have lots of high hopes for them. <laughs> she, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, Sister Jean, I really hope Loyal takes it home. Maybe he's right. You know, we all love talking about Sister Jean. So the NCAA has to keep them in the tournament, right? They have maybe, to. Yeah. Maybe these guys are onto something. You're right. Yeah. right. Can't argue with that logic. But yeah. Ben, are are you ready to to bless the listeners with some French words? Yeah. That's or all a we French have, Mark. a French word. Yeah. So now we're going to take us out in the usual French style. Okay. Bahas. Grimmin. Oui. Oui. Oui.